Hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. I am Mayor Watt, and today is Season 2, Episode 129 for May 9th, 2023, the Hometown Daily News Show. Here's a quick rundown of tonight's articles that we'll be talking about. Somebody's been smuggling GPUs and lobster into China. There's a Texas-sized lithium refinery. AI could replace 8 in 10 jobs. V rising from the not-so-dead. AI chatbot at Wendy's. Hankai Star Rail wins. Smell-O-Vision for VR is a big nope. Your gaming chair can impact performance of your PC. Bendable smart lights. Niantic releases the next-gen Tamagotchi and calls it Peridot. And Spotify takes down AI-generated songs because, well, it's AI. Tonight's episode is titled, Your Abandoned Peridot Smells Horrible in VR. And more news. Let's get into today's articles. Hello, hello. Oh, look at that. There's something disappearing there. Hmm. Okay, well, anyway, hopefully it'll actually go away. Things have been acting a little weird. So, I am Marwat. That is hometown.com, and the AI is on vacation, not really, uh, but has been assigned elsewhere and cannot be here today. That's okay. We'll go through the articles probably a little bit quicker because... uh, (laughs) Uh, I won't be able to bounce anything off of the AI. Um, so let's see how this turns out. Maybe I'll end up uh, end up soapboxing forever. Um, the stream says that it's unstable, but I always think it's a reflection of me. Hopefully everything is going out okay and there's no audio I- issues. I've made some pretty big changes on the back end of things. And so we'll find out. I guess this could be one of the derpy episodes. At any rate, when you go over, if you're new here and you've never seen hometown.com, hometown.com is a news aggregation site. It was built so that I could contend with information overload. As Mayor Watt, I just want to be fast and efficient and get the information, uh, all the news, none of the noise. And uh, so I ended up putting together hometown and hometown has six main categories and then the hometown podcast um, feature over here which i might actually end up um, adding more uh, menu options to more functions Um, that said creative and maker has channels inside it and they are focused on the creative and maker aspects of news And the same thing with news and business, science and education, food, drink, and entertainment, society, politics, and law, and gadgets and technology. About 200 news sources go into about 50 channels, all of which I intend to bring to hometown. That in mind, let's just get into the news. The first article is in the Warcrafters channel. Two men are facing jail time after trying to smuggle... GPUs and apparently live lobsters into China. Customs officials 
uh, recently arrested two men in Hong Kong in an anti-smuggling operation. What were they trying to smuggle? According to the article, 10-year-old GPUs and over 600 pounds of live lobsters. Allegedly. I don't know how you can allegedly smuggle 600 pounds of live lobsters. They don't necessarily... Well, I mean, extra, 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 extra large pants. I suppose you could duct tape them to your legs like some smugglers do with uh, uh, contraband uh, animals and whatever else. Anyway, in late April... Hong Kong customs officers reported that they seized about 280 kilograms of unmanifested uh, live lobsters. That's kind of a funny term because if they exist, then I guess they're manifested, right? I know, I know. It means something else. But anyway, and 70 pieces of unmanifested high-value computer display cards from a van declared empty at the Hong Kong uh, Zhuhai Macau Bridge Hong Kong port. Both the driver and passenger were arrested and taken into custody. I'm sure that this is going to be uh, responded to in a metered and um, responsible manner. And uh, they won't come to any harm in this process. So it was sourced from PCGamer.com. George Jimenez is the author of this article. This might be the most expensive seafood platter ever. GPUs and live lobsters. Yeah, you know, I've never really understood why lobster is so expensive. I actually don't really like it, but um, as a diver, I've actually gone down and been able to get my own lobsters, bring them up, measure them, make sure that they're the right size, and then you can have them. Anyway, um, I don't think that's what they were doing with these. They were trying to sell them. It says 70 pieces of unmanifested high value computer display cards but this article says that they were nvidia quadro k2200s which launched in 2014 and retail for 160 dollars a pop a pop i suppose when you're down on your luck and you need a bunch of gpus then it doesn't really matter what they are as long as they're gpus not sure what they're going to be doing anything uh for someone it says here in the article maybe crypto mining Tremendous uh, down-resolution Minecraft, uh, uh, maybe some Minesweeper, anything associated with a mine, maybe? I'm not sure. Well, they're pricing this thing at about $600,000 of undeclared components and crustaceans. Let me pause this video. Or else we're looking at one heck of a markup on decade-old GPUs, though the price of lobster has increased in China. And they even have a link that says, go here and find out how much the price of lobster is. That's pretty interesting. They really did their homework. So who who was it again that did this? Yeah, George Jimenez, of course. Um, always writes well. I like him. So, and who could forget about the infamous CPU mommy who pretended to be pregnant and hid 200 Alder Lake CPUs inside a prosthetic belly. Wow. Seven years in prison and a maximum fine of $2 million. Yeah, I guess it's better than losing your hand or something. Let's go on to the next article. This next article is in the Late Night Geeks channel. Tesla's new Texas lithium refinery to support 1 million electric vehicles by 2025. Says Tesla officially broke ground Monday on a Texas lithium refinery, making it the only U.S. automaker to refine its own lithium. 
well, there are other lithium companies that are in development. Who knows who's going to end up buying them? CEO Elon Musk said the refinery will produce enough battery-grade lithium for 1 million electric vehicles by 2025, which would make Tesla the largest producer of lithium in North America, at least for now, because there are a couple of others that are on the way. Today, the U.S. produces just 1% of the world's lithium, with Australia, Chile, China leading the way. China likes to buy land in places that have um, precious uh, minerals. So uh, the Biden administration's EV tax credit aims to spur more domestic battery uh, material sourcing and production and reduce the U.S.'s reliance on China, which hosts 60% of the world's lithium refining capacity and nearly 80% of the world's lithium-ion battery production capacity. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, people are complaining in the States about budget and this and budget that but we're consuming everything that's produced everywhere else. So the money is is leaving. It's not staying in the system, and it's not coming from somewhere else into the system. So eventually the budget's going to end up, There, there's going to be a misalignment between the amount of money that's coming in through taxes and uh, the expenditures to... Uh, manage the population and we are horrible at managing ourselves so you kind of need uh, an agency that protects everybody's interest and that's what the government is supposed to do local state federal that's how it works we can get more into this if you're interested in this kind of thing i have a whole uh, section at hometown that's all about this kind of stuff but it's not just plain and simple one way or the other. It's usually a, a gamut, a, a spectrum. So the CEO drove up to the event in a Cybertruck, complete with a roof rack accessory that caught the attention of industry watchers, government officials such as Texas Governor Greg, Greg Abbott, um, who probably shouldn't be here at this event. But priorities, folks. You know, some have them. And um, Department of Energy Kathleen Hogan attended the event as well. Let's go over to TechCrunch, which usually focuses on the business side of things. Rebecca Bellin is the author. I actually think that the Cybertruck is just such a stupid vehicle, but whatever. Um, lithium is the key critical material in lithium-ion batteries that power the electric vehicle revolution. At least for now, as fundamental research and development, you know, the thing that is issued by uh, a whole cohort of the population, let's not engage in technology, um, maybe a better resource will be found other than lithium, where we have to go to somewhat unfriendly countries to try and get a an amount of it. Um says, as we look ahead a few years, a fundamental choke point in the advancement of electric vehicles is the availability of battery-grade lithium, said Musk during the groundbreaking ceremony outside of Corpus Christi. No, was that on his clipboard? Anyway, of course. So what do you do? You spin up the operation to refine lithium here in the States. It only makes sense. 
it just happens to be that there's a very large deposit of lithium here in the United States that happens to be on, um, well, let's just say somebody else's land that was taken from them in a rather hostile way. But let's not get bogged down on that. Um, I'm going to move on to the next article. Uh, but there's always more to this. And let's see if this actually gets fully fleshed out. Obviously, um, Musk is probably making money on, on the deal itself. So it's going to get done. And uh, I, I'm not sure that he's spending any of his own money on this. I'm sure that it's all funded by... Um, all of you citizens of Texas. So let's just move on to the next article. Oops. This next article is in the mobile channel. AI could replace up to eight of the 10 jobs and uh, experts say, according to this, I find it very hard to believe that AI could replace up to eight in 10 jobs. It's a rather high amount. We're talking about uh, obviously, that kind of a stat doesn't really, I don't know, it, it's so hyperbolic, it, it, it kind of makes you want to dig deeper into this. But researcher Ben Gortzel, the founder and chief executive officer of SingularityNet, said in a new interview with AFP that he does not believe artificial intelligence is a threat to jobs, but rather a benefit. He also said he opposed proposals that would pause chat GPT for a temporary amount of time, saying that misinformation um, that is spread on the platform is no different than the Internet. And let's just go over to the article over at The Hill. And uh, Lauren Sforza is the author of this article. And they say here, you could probably obsolete maybe 80% of jobs that people do without having an AGI by my guess. He said, not with ChatGPT exactly as the pro as a product, but with systems of that nature, which are going to follow in the next few years. I don't think that it's a threat. I think it's a benefit. People can find better things to do with their life than work for a living. Yes, you idiot. You know, you're the CEO of something called SingularityNet, which kind of suggests thinking through all of this, but what are people going to do? What, how are they going to put food on the table? How are they going to buy a house and a car and live their lives to go, go and do something other than work for a living? I mean, this is just such dense statements from uh, apparently well-off people enough to start up a, an organization and get asked to do some presentation somewhere. I mean, it's just absurd. I get asked all the time based on my conversations with people, well, what am I supposed to do if technology, automation, AI is going to be taking jobs? I don't know, folks. I really don't know. Uh, retrain every two to five years so that you've got some applicable skill for that particular job until it gets automated by the people who through mergers and acquisitions and consolidation in general have the political power and money and connectedness so that they can take your job. It's 
we're moving away from where humans are actually working on things. So you basically have to make money off of what you love to do and hope that there's enough people to make you an ongoing concern. But we can't power the world by artists. It just doesn't work that way. Not everybody is buying everything from everywhere so that the 80-20 rule applies to everybody and everybody has the ability to make money off of whatever it is that they love to do. You know, I, <laughs> I, will, I will not be able to switch to full-time talking on uh, Twitch. I, would not, I will not be able to talk about business technology and society on Twitch for a considerable amount of time based on my research. You know, um, it typically takes somewhere between four and 10 years for somebody to um, make it big on uh, a streaming platform unless they go viral and their material is evergreen. Um, but I'm pretty dynamic and I'm only doing it uh, one hour a day. So this is what I really love to do, but not everybody has the ability or can, the world cannot support everybody just, okay, I'm not going to go and hustle for, you know, $80,000 a year job or a $50,000 a year job. You can't even survive off of $50,000 a year anymore. Um, so whatever this person is, uh, talking about is not possible. If 80% of the jobs are gone, what are people going to do? I'm really curious what this person thinks is going to be possible. So then at the very end of the article, it says CEO Arvind Krishna uh, also said in an interview last month that he expects AI to replace about 30% of the jobs at IBM, which would be about 7,800 positions. And recent research also shows that 80% of jobs can have at least 10% of their work affected by the implementation of large language models, which basically means that 8% of all jobs can pretty much be wiped out. I mean, let's kind of find the common denominator and re reference that 10% of 80%. There isn't an employer in the world that's going to go, well, we're using large language models um, for 10% of your job. So, uh, enjoy the time off. Let's go on to the next article. This next article is in the Warcrafters channel. Um, vampire survivals, sorry, vampire survival games, new expansion adds awesome multi-level castles with all the Dracula vibes. Can't wait to start playing this game again. Vampire survival game V Rising remains in early access and is celebrating its first anniversary with a Gloomrod expansion in which the developer Stunlock Studios has basically said, sought it, let's add Frankenstein's monster. The studio has now released a trailer for the expansion, which arrives on May 17th, but the big takeaway for the author of this article is just how awesome the new castles uh, look. Now, I'm totally into base building and survival games. Uh, this one actually kind of, I got to a certain point and it just kind of kicked my butt. Um, I can't say that I'm the best gamer out there, but I have fun uh, while I'm playing and I love talking with people. So that's why I do it on uh, Twitch. Um, and I've had uh, vampires, well, V Rising and um other base building survival games um, from early access on 
for a considerable amount of time that I've owned Steam. And uh, I love this stuff. Uh, this is chill games and then uh, survival base building games are kind of my jam. And adding multiple levels to the castles that you get to build in V Rising is spectacular. The only problem is that there was a uh, a limit on how big of a base you could build. So now I I'm going to go back into it and see just how much of a base you can build. Uh, this article was sourced from PCGamer.com and Rich Stanton is the author. It says, though their official servers will be down for a bit in preparation, the studio has now released a trailer. So um, I'll play the trailer, but I won't be able to play the audio because I, oh, there's an ad? Huh, weird. Okay, I don't normally... <laughs> anyway, I'll just let it play. It's for Diablo, a Diablo 4, which I'm going to be in a meeting when this drops. So, not the happiest camper. Wow, is that really what the castles are going to be like? So, for those in the listening via the podcast, there is now some serious depth to the castles. It looks like they've even pumped up the graphics. If this is all in game, then even the graphics are pumped up. There's some great verticality to this. Um, the, the towns have always looked lived in, which was great, which is ironic because you're a vampire and you're basically killing everything. It says evolved combat. So maybe things are getting a little bit uh, more manageable. The way that it was, for me at least, was there were a couple of bosses that were just seemingly imbalanced. Um, and some people were able to get away but or get away with it, but I couldn't um, for a lot of it. It was a lot of work for me. Huh, this is going to be fun. So there's great particle effects. It's a lot darker, um, but still vibrant at the same time. This looks like a lot of fun. So go and check out V Rising. It's over on Steam. Um, let's see if they list the price on here. It says the only minor bummer is that in preparation for Gloomrot's launch, Stunlock is going to close V Rising's official servers for five days, starting at 12 a.m. UTC on Friday, May 12th and remaining down until May 17th, which absolutely sucks. Um, do note that the player-run servers will not be affected. When the official servers return, players will have to start a new save to enjoy the gloom rot uh, goodness, which I was going to do that anyway. So go and check it out. Um, I think you'll dig this game. Let's move on to the next article. I think this one is really interesting, so I had to include it. It's in the Late Night Geeks channel. I'm not quite sure why. It must be because it's coming from The Verge. Um, but I'm not sure why it got thrown into Late Night Geeks. There must be something in there. Um, anyway, Wendy's tests an AI chatbot that takes your drive through order. So now even Wendy's is going automated. So they're taking our gerbs, folks. Uh, Wendy's is partnering with Google to create an AI ch chatbot that can take orders at its drive throughs I think it'll work for, you know, about 80% of people, but that remaining 20% are going to be pissed. Uh, 
because this thing is going to uh, give them an orange drink and, and when they want uh, iced tea. Um, the fast food chain has plans to bring its first Wendy's Fresh AI-enabled drive-through to Columbus, Ohio um, in June. And it'll be able to take verbal orders from customers who line up at Wendy's drive-through kiosks, all with the hope that it will help reduce uh, long wait times. Yeah, as long as it gets the order right, I suppose. Um, but how the humans that I interact with can't take the order. So the article is over at TheVerge.com by Emma Roth. And it says the fast food chain is partnering with Google to train an AI model that knows what biggie bags and JBC means. I have no idea what either of those are. So if somebody knows it in chat, go ahead and throw it out there because I have no idea. And my AI isn't here for uh, me to. Yeah, it, it's got other uh, plans. So um, let's see here. Um, I don't know. I, just in a statement to the Wall Street Journal, Google Cloud CEO Thomas Curian acknowledged some of the challenges associated with using an AI chatbot at the drive-thru. The bot will have to ignore any noises it hears from the kids in the backseat of a vehicle, for example, and will have to deal with the customers who change their minds in the middle of the order. He may think Driving by and speaking into a drive-thru is an easy problem for AI, but it's actually one of the hardest. No, uh, nobody in their right mind would think that it's easy. If they do, then they don't know what communication is to begin with. Uh, it's a very hard concept, um, communication, uh, because somebody else could be communicating. And if you don't have that ability to um, differentiate um, one person from another and you just listen to it, like, Siri is really dumb. I mean, it's just the densest smart speaker I have ever known. Anybody can say anything at any, any time and it will do what it's asked. And that is the scariest security thing, uh, that I've ever come across. Uh, so I, I'm not really prone to incorporating it into any security uh, functionality, uh, in hometown. Um, in fact, you know, without giving too much away, think balkanization, no security should be wholly anything anywhere. So, um, that way, you know, if one fails, there's a failover, there's something else in place and having a smart speaker or an AI or something like that, that can't discern from one person or another, you're asking for trouble. So please people don't hook up AIs to security until there's some type of discriminator that allows you to focus the processes for the right person, you know, zero security here. Okay. Well, anyway, they say maybe the author says that maybe they're a pessimist, but they're skeptical about how this works out in the long term. People can barely handle the cashierless kiosk at McDonald's, and now they want them to talk to an AI. Hangry people don't want to hear about your GPU shortage and how it's slowing down their orders. Just saying. That's what Emma Roth is saying. And I have a similar issue, but maybe a little different. Let's go on to the next article. Let's just drive through this. So this article is over on the Warcrafters channel. Oops, this pro-Valorant team 
were forced to forfeit a tournament match because one of them couldn't stop playing Honkai Star Rail. Author says, I gotta tell you, the Honkai Star Rail brain rot is real. They've spent a good chunk of time playing it since it came out and even downloaded the damn thing onto their phone so that they could quickly pop in while traveling or in bed. Thankfully, it's not quite eaten into their day-to-day adult responsibilities yet, but the same can't be said for pro-Valorant team Ghost Commandos. According to GamesRadar, the team was forced to forfeit a match because of the second split of the Challengers League in Taiwan and Hong Kong because they wanted to play Honkai Star Rail. Now, I haven't played it yet, but we talked about it here in Ometown. Um, looks fun, but not my style. It says, thankfully, it's not uh, gotten into their day, but Ghost Commandos, apparently, yeah. The culprit, according to reporter Sulji, one of their teammates had apparently failed to install Valorant's tournament client in time for their game against S2 Esports, all because they were too busy playing Hoyo versus Space RPG. Honestly. Interesting. So you'd think fans would be mad over such a big blunder from the Ghost Commandos, but they seem to understand and appreciate how tight a grip Honkai Star Rail has on the masses right now. A reply from Sulji's tweet joked that the teammate was too busy simping on virtual waifus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I said the sentence. Um, Even other Valorant professionals shared their sympathies. Former band player Rosora said, I don't blame them. While player and coach Fade simply uh, replied, understandable. Interesting. So I guess I'm going to have to go and simp for Honkai Star Rail waifus. I don't. But anyway, there you go, folks. Let's go on to the next article. So the next article is over in Late Night Geeks. Researchers hope these tiny wearables could become smell-o-vision for VR. I say no, right out of the gate. Don't even need to uh, read or listen. Um, You know, okay, anyway. Smells have always been hard to recreate in virtual reality, but researchers have figured out a solution. Wearable odor generators. These have been tried and tried and tried again. No, we don't need this. What we need is... We need force feedback. We need greater immersion. We need wireless, high-speed, reliable, high-quality graphics on a headset that doesn't look um, like I'm strapping a 27-inch monitor. You know, small, compact, um, high-resolution, high-speed. It doesn't get hot, make your eyeballs sweat like the Index did to the point where I had to put a fan in the feature uh, socket. Um I could go on, but suffice it to say, we don't need smell. We don't need smell. Not right now. Seriously, not right now. All of that money that they're spending on this could be spent on force feedback or some type of sensation outfit where you can, or something else to facilitate, uh, you know, walking. (laughs) Um, It needs greater resolution, greater fidelity. It needs to be able to lock into the realm that you are in with uh, greater accuracy and you don't jump from one location to another. You have full body, that kind of stuff. Smell is just 
somebody's fever dream, you know, and I can't even say it's a millionaire or billionaire's fever dream. Researchers from the Bahang University and the City University of Hong Kong detailed two types of device formats in a paper published today in Nature Communications. And the first is a wearable that attaches to the skin directly under the nose. The other is a soft mask. No, just no. I've seen uh, over the years several iterations of smell-o-vision type of things. This is over at The Verge, and Victoria Song is the author of this article. And um, yeah, I just say walk away. Just no, we, we don't need it. Nobody's going to put that damn thing under their nose. It's just not how it works. No. Um, it says, although uh, altogether the researchers were able to generate 30 different scents, including rosemary, mojito, pancake, uh, pineapple, and ginger. Uh, might as well list all 30 for crying out loud. That would be fine. The researchers must uh, also have a twisted sense of humor as durian was among the scents listed. Yeah. Um, some people love it. I, I can't, I can't be in the same zip code as a durian. Anyway, while current VR headsets can simulate vision, sound, and touch, touch is very difficult to simulate right now, very expensive as well, but vision and sound is a piece of cake. Virtual worlds are still largely odorless, and they will be for the next 20 years. Nobody cares about, seriously, nobody cares about smell-o-vision. Um, ideally, the researchers say the version of this tech would be used to create a more immersive user experience in video games or 4D films, as well as virtual teaching environments. Um, these have been done before, like I said, and it's usually some type of cartridge that you put into a socket and, and it'll spit out a certain number of smells. But smells run a very large gamut and... Um, Every smell is a little bit different for each person. And so if your calculus on the mixing isn't right, then it's going to be a horrible experience. Um, yet the natural smell would be okay. Um, there, there was an article in hometown um, about this perfumery kind of things where a, a, a perfume smells great on one person, horrible on the next, and neither of the people like it for themselves, but the other person might like it for the other person. You know what I'm saying? So these, these ideas that you're going to be able to simulate the smell um, in a tight little cartridge that you can stick under your nose, it's just absurd, I think. Um, at least for another, I'd say, 20 years. We're not going to have anything close to natural smell. Well, anyway, let's keep on going through the news. Warcrafters is the next article. Uh, there's a an article titled, Finally, Proof Your Choice of Gaming Chair Can Affect the Performance of Your PC. Um I am not in a gaming chair. I've had several over the years. They've always ended up being horrible in short order. Um, no matter how much has been spent, anywhere from you know $200 to $500, they were all just horrible. Um, this article here, it says, this is not a story I would have ever expected to be writing, but it seems that your choice of gaming chair actually can affect the performance of your gaming PC. It's the news every single manufacturer of a gaming chair has been waiting for. Proof that where you park your posterior really does have an impact. Yeah, well, 
Dave James um, is the author of this over at PCGamer.com. It says, welcome to 2023. Your Ikea chair is incompatible with your screen, according to this article. Uh, it's a cute quote. Um, I'm sure, though, if you pay a $50 a month um, subscription fee, it will suddenly become compatible with um, your desk and or operating system. Um, this is not a story, is what they said. Because it turns out that if you have the popular Ikea Marcus chair, your gaming monitor might just go blank for a few seconds on the regular, and that is sure as hell going to have an impact on your systems running. So these are findings of a certain Felix hacker via Tom's hard hardware who discovered that after weeks of experiencing his monitor going off every now and then and being frustrated at every point in the inquiry, it was all the fault of his Ikea chair. So it turns out it's all about the electrostatic discharge or ESD, and it's not an uncommon phenomenon especially not with this specific Ikea chair. Hacker uncovered a 2021 thread at the computer-based forum started by someone with a similar issue, and it wasn't well into 2022 that they discovered that it was down to their chair, the same chair that Hacker was using. Interesting. I wonder if this is it. Huh. So rubbing your behind around the chair sitting down or getting up could send a static charge uh, from the chair to any non-grounded part of the PC. Most people ha would have ditched the chair at this point, having figured out the problem, but not the enterprising captain of the computer-based forums. No, they stapled copper foil under the Ikea seat and then connected that to a ground of a power socket via a one mega ohm cable. All right, that's a little bit more work than I would be interested in doing. So if you uh, find something hinky going on with uh, your computer, maybe it's your chair. That would be some seriously rough time here because I love this chair. Uh, but anyway, oh, I said but because <laughs> the chair. Anyway, never mind. Okay, let's go on to the next article. Oh, I'm so sorry for coughing. Um, Late Night Geeks is where the next channel is. These sync bendable uh, smart lights are now available to buy. Announced back in CES uh, January, Sync's smart rope lights that can be uh, bent into shapes of your choosing are now available to buy. The so-called dynamic effects neon shape smart lights are available in 10 and foot or 10 and 16 foot lengths. It's a type of product naming you'd expect from Sync, formerly known as C by GE, a GE lighting brand now owned by Savant, not GE. Wow, no bridge or hub is required, and apparently they can be cut to length. Um, these are pretty neat. The only thing that's really derpy about these kind of lights is that you have to have this power line um, or you get really, really high maintenance and drill a hole into the wall and run the line inside the wall cavity. Thomas Ricker is over at The Verge and talks about this article. Or, well, wrote this article. It says, they don't support matter. You can buy them at Lowe's. Since they don't support matter, I won't be buying them at Lowe's. Anyway, the light ropes can be cut to your desired length, support up to 16 million colors, work over 2.4 Wi-Fi and BLE, no bridge or hub required. 
I have a built-in mic to sync with music and gaming audio and are compatible with Alexa and Google Assistant. Wish they would work with Apple. It can also be controlled from outside the home using the Sync app to uh, adjust light settings and to set schedules. Uh, maybe I'll put them back there. That might be fun. I don't know. Um, I'll have to do some more work to see uh, what they're capable of and uh, see if I can put them in there. I was thinking about increasing the light density of that wall back there. Um, those are all acoustic panels with lights over them. Um, and the, the panels are from GIC Acoustics, uh, G-I-K. Work phenomenally well. Uh, this room, <clears throat> I've had people come into this room and this is an office and uh, they have been shocked at the acoustics. Um, so it's pretty spectacular, but I have quite a few. There's three on this wall, two on this wall. There's four, five on the wall behind me uh, or in front of me, sorry. And then back there um, is like 12. It really, I don't know, a, a bunch of three by two panels. Um, and really changes the, the acoustics. It just completely deadens the sound so that there's no echo. Pretty spectacular. Anyway, completely sidetracked because none of that has anything to do with lights except for the stuff that's in front of it. I get so sidetracked so easily. Let's go on to the next article. So this next article is really fun. Um, if you're into Tamagotchi, which I was and then wasn't and then was, and I've always had it in the back of my mind that it would be fun to have a virtual pet. Um, this is from Niantic's Adorable Pet Game Parado. I think that's how it's pronounced, but they refer to the, the little um, animals, the beasts. They're kind of like Pokemon. Um, anyway, they, recall, they call them dots, not does. Um, so like Peridot, maybe this is Peridot. I haven't seen any ad on how it's pronounced, so maybe that's what it is. Uh, Niantic's adorable pet game Peridot is, uh, or Peridot, is a next-gen Tamagotchi. It's startling when a cuddly little critter called a dot stares at you with its gigantic eyes, even if it's happening through a screen. Dots are the stars of Peridot, the latest release from Pokemon Go creator Niantic Labs. Uh, and they're sort of like puppies, but a lot weirder. Depending on their type, they can have fuzzy bellies or huge horns or feathers like a peacock. Some look like walking bananas. Uh, no matter what, though, they all have those big puppy dog eyes to lure you in. Um, I've tried to get a different dot, um, but uh, they all end up being really similar. And I wanted something uh, I don't, I, I wouldn't call it unique because I don't know what is unique in the game, but it just kind of, it, it looked like a, like a bean, you know, like a, like a garbanzo bean there sitting there with legs, you know, just kind of this pudgy little bean anyway. Uh, and I wanted something that was, would be described as, you know, something like with huge horns or feathers or something, but it wasn't, I never got anything like that. So I'm going to, uh, reset mine and see uh, what what comes up. Um, anyway, they are a lot of fun, um, but they are a virtual pet, just like a Tamagotchi. So you have to pet them and feed them and treat and treat, 
train them and and do things with them and and that's only within the first five minutes so you get ramped up really darn quick um so this article is over at TheVerge.com by Andrew Webster. The game makes great use of AR technology, but right now it doesn't offer a whole lot to do. That's true. You can play um, catch or fetch, I should say, and throw this ball around and it'll bounce around inside the room that you're in if you're inside an office like I was when I played this. Um, uh, but none of my, um, my uh, dots um, looked anything close to this. Mine were just uh, this monocolor, uh, monochrome, but not <clears throat> white. It was like silver. I had a uh, fluorescent green, which was a brighter green than this tennis ball. And um, then I had like a, a silver black one. But none of them looked like this. None of them had a big old tail. None of them had big old ears. I think as they age, they end up looking like this. But anyway, it's a lot of fun. Um, it says it's essentially a high-tech version of a Tamagotchi. It takes what Niantic is known for, location-based games and augmented reality, and applies it to the virtual pet genre. Initially, the appeal is undeniable. They're just so cute. Raising a little dot from a baby to a full-grown adult is a satisfying experience that involves a lot of pets and feedings. And by pets, I mean scratching their heads. The author says that. So, well, it says pets. Anyway, after playing the game for over the past week, the author was already unsure about Parado's long-term appeal. Yeah. I think it's going to be kind of like Pokemon Go. It actually tries to get you out and about, so it tells you to go for a walk and stuff like that, which is great if you're sedentary and you need to get out, um, then um, go for it. Get, get involved in this. You'll meet other people and maybe... The long term is that you'll be able to share or breed these little dots um, with others that are uh, in your sphere of influence. And with AR, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's basically a Pokemon Go, but with their own um, assets, essentially. Um, so let's go on to the next article, and it's the last one for tonight. So this next article is in the Daily News Show. Spotify takes down thousands of AI-generated songs after suspected bot use to inflate streams, according to a report. Boomi is an AI uh, company that lets users generate music, then get royalty payments from streams. Tens of thousands of its songs were taken down by Spotify, according to the Financial Times. Um, Universal Music warned streaming services that the number of streams had been boosted by bots. Spotify has taken down tens of thousands of AI-generated songs. I find that, um, I, I don't know. I think that with DMCA in play right now, I think creating content and um, kind of putting pressure on, I, I, I really don't know what to think about this. Uh, because I'm conflicted. I think that a person should be able to create content and and uh, play it, stream it, do whatever they want with it. Um, and uh, this is just kind of gatekeeping because they're basically saying that bots are amplifying the downloads. But is it actually amplifying the downloads or is this creating competition through AI generated songs? And that's where we're going to end up 
really pushing this. We're going to end up back in court because just like a camera and just like thousands of other things, just because you push the button doesn't mean that it invalidates that it was created by a human who listened to it or read it or whatever and felt that 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 was great, you know? Uh, and, and so while I completely appreciate that humans are creating things, <sighs> protecting the human created element is protectionist. And I think that using tools like AI, um, across the board for whatever it is from writing to music, to art, to anything, um, it's a tool just like a camera, just like a keyboard, just like anything. Um, we utilize it to our heart's content and the content that's produced by it. We either like it or we delete it. How many songs have been created by or started by a musician or an artist and then completely dismissed and destroyed um, only to be for them to go out and find inspiration in the world, just like AI does, except that AI is doing it at, uh, you know, generational speeds that surpass uh, humans in all ways. Um, I just, I think that we need to embrace AI and, um, and change this dynamic because using DMCA uh, is going to become more and more problematic because there's going to be more and more music generated out there. Um, and we just saw the Ed Sheeran case turn sour because it, it basically turns into, well, this little snippet of a song was copied by them and well, no, it wasn't. It was, it was something that was wholly created by a couple of humans, but what does it matter if it's a human or it's a, a, a tool, some other tool? Um, it's just so frustrating. But anyway, uh, and it empowers so many people who don't have the, the natural ability to write music and can't spend 10,000 hours uh, learning it because they don't have the means to. They don't have the opportunity to. They're too busy working their butt off for their family, um, or, you know, trying to take care of their kids or whatever it might be. It's just, there's just too much gatekeeping in this realm. So anyway, uh, the, the article itself was, uh, presented by businessinsider.com. Uh, Pete Sim, I think is their last name S Y M E. And, um, here's Daniel Eck, the, um, Spotify CEO saying, give me money. That's probably not what they're saying in the picture, but, um, yeah, Boomi is apparently the target of this because it says Boomi is an AI company, which lets users generate music, then get royalty payments from streams. Um, I guess they're going to be taking it all offline, uh, despite fully launch or only fully launching to the public in 2021 boomies website claims it's generated 14.5 million songs or 14% of the world's recorded music. There's no way, there's no way that there's that few of the world's recorded music. This has to be an overstatement. <clears throat> it just has to be. Pardon me one second.
Okay. Um, let me pause that. Oh, let me pause it again. Anyway, the tracks were removed because the number of streams had been artificially boosted, Spotify said. Yeah, I don't believe that. I think that people want to listen to the music. Um, and I'd like to know, I'd like to see the data that says that it was actually um, artificially boosted. Universal Music warned that mainstream platforms um, that it had seen suspicious activity on boomy songs suggesting the bots had been used to inflate audience statistics. I would like to see that data. I would like to know if it is or are just people very interested in AI generated music now because that's the hottest thing right now. Um, and it's not all about the, the human element of it. It's the music itself. I know that I'm streaming music all the time from pretzel. Um, that it, it's usually running in the background of every episode. Uh, I just don't have it pumped up on, enough for, um, citizens of hometown to hear it while I'm streaming, even though I'm paying for the service so that I can stream it. Um, I, it's not turned up that loud. Um, in fact, here, I'll even show you. it i mean that's always running in the background and uh, it's it's human generated but it could have been created by an ai at the drop of a hat and expand pretzels offering tremendously because music can be generated while everybody is sleeping but there's a human that's going to vet it and that's why i think that DMCA and, and copyright for music is, you know, just if there's this tiny little segment of a song and it suddenly matches some musical DNA somewhere, suddenly it ends up in court. And I think it's absurd. The only thing that should be protected is that entire embodiment, whatever it is, the whole picture, that, that embodiment, that whole song, that whole picture, that whole book. You know, if the copyright office can sit there and say all of the stuff that's created by a human in a book that's been augmented by copyright or by um, artificial intelligence can be copyrighted, just not the AI. The reason why that AI work is there is because I have put the right sequence of codes in that triggered the creation and it was visually representative of what I wanted. So... It's just like breaking out Photoshop and manually deleting whatever and thinning or thickening or whatever. Uh, it's just absurd and I'm tired of it. Um, that said, <clears throat> at the end of the show, I always bring you back to the welcome sign of hometown.com. Click that page there, or that little logo, um, and it'll refresh. And uh, there's some interesting news out there uh, in the tech, political science, uh, entertainment, uh, drinking food and all the other, I mean, I have so many, I have 50 different sub channels, all of which have some niche topic, uh, within them. So go and check it all out. Ometown.com and uh, be here tomorrow, 9 PM Eastern. I will do the show again. I think the AI will probably be busy. Um, and so it'll be me and we can hang out and, and, uh, start talking about um, 
the next day, the next week, what the future holds. Sound good? Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you.